just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about today. There's a wave of school choice bills hitting red states across the country, and Governor Spencer Cox has just signed Utah's very own. I asked one public school teacher to help me, a childless millennial, understand why this is a big shakeup and how we should expect to feel it. It's Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. John Arthur, you were named Utah's Teacher of the Year in 2021, and I think since then you've made kind of a reputation as an education advocate. I want to know in like in a word or in a sentence, what's your biggest concern about teaching right now? My biggest concern about teaching is the attack on public education, because if public education isn't healthy, then you're not going to have a system of healthy teachers or healthy students. So we got to take care of the ecosystem so that all of us who operate within it can feel good and do the best work for children. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Over the weekend, Governor Cox signed this massive education bill, House Bill 215. In simple terms, what does this legislation do? In simplest terms, this legislation does two things. The first thing it does is give teachers a $6,000 increase in compensation, about $4,200 in pay and $1,800 in benefits. And then the second thing it does is it establishes a school voucher program, what they're calling the Utah Fits All Scholarship, in which students, 5,000 of them, can take $8,000 of public money and use it to fund a private school education, religious institution, homeschool, whatever their preference is with that money. They can take it out of the public system and apply it to whatever it is they want. How would people like even apply for that funding or who determines who gets that funding or is all of that yet to be determined? Within the bill, HB 215, it establishes the idea of a program director. So basically, they're going to create uh, a director for this scholarship program, this school voucher program, will be tasked with determining who gets the vouchers and in what order. There's roughly 5,000 quote-unquote scholarships, but vouchers are going to be given out. And they have said that priority will be given based on income level of the children who are applying. So they're going to be starting with children who are 200% below the poverty line and then work their way up. However, they're going to be allowing students who are already in the private school system to apply for these vouchers. And kids like the ones that I serve at Meadowlark Elementary, low-income kids living in a beautifully diverse neighborhood that's culturally rich, they are not likely one, to know anything about this. Two, to have the, the income level to cover the difference between 8000 and the full tuition at a, at a private school. And three, ultimately, they are just going to watch as this goes away. And instead of serving as a means of creating greater access, of uplifting lower income kids, I believe this is just going to turn into a gift card for the already wealthy 
just making it a little bit easier for them to pay their annual tuition. And where is this money coming from for this scholarship fund? The money's coming from the state. The state is adding this as a line item, $42.5 million. Mm-hmm. And they are calculated the $8,000 per student using what's called the weighted pupil unit. So basically the state of Utah gives a certain amount, roughly about $4,000 per kid as it stands in, in our state. And then additional funding for students comes from the federal government. Okay. Yeah, and when we talk about education in this state, the fact that that roughly $4,000 number mm-hmm. is, I think, the lowest, right, of any state in the nation or one of the lowest, usually near the bottom. Yeah, we in Idaho always battle it out to see who's the worst. Yeah, race to the bottom. Well, it's been really interesting to watch the progression of this legislation because yeah. the big teachers union, the Utah Education Association, and the Republican majority state school board both came mm-hmm. out against this bill, which I think surprised a lot of advocates. As someone who works with students every day, how are you feeling about it? I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I never thought I would feel this bad about getting a raise. This is the biggest wow. raise that I've ever gotten, the biggest raise that teachers of my generation here in Utah have ever seen. And if they had just separated this thing into two separate bills, if they had given us one bill that was a raise for teachers, we would have rejoiced. We would have been overjoyed. We would have written all of our family members and said, guess what? <laughs> I might be able to buy you some Christmas presents this year. It's going right. to be amazing. It finally happened. Yeah. And then there would have been this second bill in which they would have established this Utah fits all voucher and that we would have fought because, of course, we chose to enter into an underpaid profession because on some level, we all believe in the mission of public schools. We believe that all students should be welcomed into our school buildings and they should all receive a high quality education that is appropriately funded, and that meets the needs of all kids. And we have been fighting for funding for years. Like you said, we've always been, per pupil, one of the lowest funded states. And so basically every year since I became a teacher, I've been up at the Capitol during the session insisting that they raise the WPU, that weighted pupil unit, saying how much the state is going to give our kids. And for folks to now say, hey, we have enough money to give teachers a raise, a raise that we've been talking about for, for almost a decade. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But then for them to say that we have extra money that we can now use for this voucher program when we still don't have full day kindergarten in our state, we're the only state in the, in the United States that doesn't have a full day kindergarten option for all kids, when we are still scrapping with Idaho to not be the worst, to say that we can from an underfunded system to just allow kids who are already in private schools to get an $8,000 deduction in their tuition for their parents, it's so disheartening for decades we have insisted is unconscionable that you just can't allow public funding to go to pay for private tuition. Now that that idea has cracked, those cracks will splinter and will lead to larger budget line items. And that's, that's, what we naturally see on the horizon. Yeah. Well, I also just have to wonder, like, this $6,000 raise, a portion around, roughly 4000 of which, right, is only sort of like the cold, hard cash. The rest is benefits. Yeah. Yeah. When we think about 
the high percentage that we're at with in terms of inflation, how long teachers have been asking for this raise, it seems like a big number, but is it really? Is 6000 like enough? When you already don't have enough, anything sounds great, right? right? <laughs> but right. is it enough? No, of course not. Yeah. Envision Utah back in, I think it was 2019, put out a report and they made it very clear that if we want to achieve the outcomes that we know our children deserve, then the average salary for for teachers in this state has to be right around $60,000. And and that has to also be not just average, but starting pay. Like at the beginning of your career, you need to be able to make $60,000 so that you can then go on by the end of your career to make roughly $110,000. That's the kind of financial benefit that would draw our best and brightest students into the teaching profession. And frankly, right now, as bad as this bill is, on top of that, they're looking at another bill this session that will make it possible for people who don't have a college degree to become teachers by going through this alternate certification process. And that's what we're also seeing, that this move to transfer public money to private schools is part of a larger program to bring down the quality of public education if you're going to lower the standards for entry for teachers into the classroom, then what you do is you're lowering the value of all teachers. And at the same time, they're lowering the ability and the resources for public education to meet the needs of all kids. This is an attack on everything that I have dedicated my professional life to. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, 
and be one in a class of 19, not 100. There are some advocates that are really excited about this legislation. Sure, the sure. bill's Republican sponsors. Mm-hmm. There, you know, we've heard from parents who were up on the hill saying, "I want a stronger role in my kids' education. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to feel more directive in that." And what's so bad about giving families a choice outside of the public school system? Well, that's that's one of the beautiful things about Utah. Parents in Utah, myself included have a plethora of options available when it comes to their children's education. For example, right now, my daughter, I live in Granite School District, but my daughter attends Meadow Lark Elementary in Salt Lake City School District, and I didn't have to jump through any hoops. A child in Utah can attend a school outside of their district. They can attend a school that's not their neighborhood school within their district. They've got online options, charter, magnet, homeschool, There's all kinds of options that are beautiful and available to everybody. The one option that we have not allowed to this point was to attend a private school using public funding. And that's not even the full story because we have in in past sessions voted in bills that allowed students with special needs to use public funds to pay for education that requires tuition because there were special schools that would, would serve them. The one thing that this did, it didn't provide more choice. It provided the option of attending a school that you already had the option of attending, but nobody was helping you pay for it before. Now Mm. the state is saying, we will help you pay your tuition. You already had this choice. Maybe you just couldn't afford it. Or what's worse, it's going to blow by all the kids who couldn't afford it. And it's just going to provide a discounted rate for those who were already paying for it. This isn't an opening of options. This is a payoff. So because the scholarship program, 5,000 students is not that many across the state. No. So then why are there advocates that are so excited about this bill? Like I'm still struggling, I think, to understand their perspective and I want to. I agree. And it's they're excited because they're among those people who know that they are going to benefit. They're not worried that 5,000 of our lowest income, most diverse students are going to take those scholarships and there's not going to be anything left for them. They know that it's coming their way. They know because they have spent the time working with our legislators and being civically engaged. I honor the parents who have taken it upon themselves to give their kids the options that they want for their kids. It's a beautiful thing. However, those resources would go so much farther in our public schools than they will as a voucher to a private institution. $42.5 million in our Grow Your Own program, for example, getting more paraprofessionals and school counselors into programs that will bring them back into our schools as teachers who are highly trained and like from the communities that they will then serve. The impact of that on the quality of education in the state of Utah would be so much farther beyond the impact that this is going to have on this select group of kids. Aside from the kids, will all schools be impacted the same way by this? Or will different types of schools be impacted differently by this? That's an interesting question. It's hard to say for sure. Homeschool advocates are hoping that this is going to be a big boost for them. Paid charter schools, private schools, religious schools, they're all hoping that this is going to give them a new source of of revenue and resources, 
right? If I'm a private school and I'm looking at this, I am so excited because a whole new pool of money has just opened up to grow my enrollment numbers, to to pay for all the stuff that I, I had. Okay, that's why as you know, private schools and their advocates supported this in 2007 right. and legislators passed it, even though the will of the people is definitely against it. And they proved it when they brought forward the, the ballot initiative and voted right. it down. It was against it last year when they called it the Hope Scholarship and and voted it down. The only reason I believe this thing passed is because it was also connected to a raise for teachers, which brought on rural legislators who said, you know, private schools don't exist in my district, so this isn't a help for me, but my teachers are going to be stoked on this raise, mm. so I vote yes. Yeah. This is the perfect example of politics being used by a very savvy group of people who have failed and failed and failed and just figured out the exact right combination of stick and carrot to get through a piece of legislation that they know is unpopular, but they tied it to something that they thought would be, you just can't vote against a raise for teachers. And they were right. That was the final piece that they needed. Not strong policy, just the right carrot. We teachers were used in this case as political pawns to pass something that was generally unpopular. And man, I'll tell you what, it hurts being used when your whole professional life is dedicated to educating and uplifting children for less money than you deserve, you already feel used. Yeah. Well, I don't want to sound callous, but as someone who doesn't have kids, sometimes when we talk about education, I'm like, okay, why should people who maybe never think that they will send a kid to school care about this legislation? Like, is what's happening here a barometer for something else? Yes. When I was younger, I did not think I was ever going to have kids. And I (laughs) accepted in my mind the idea that my taxes should, in fact, be used to educate everybody else's kids because everybody else's kids would be my doctor, my lawyer, my my engineer, and I wanted them building good bridges so I didn't fall to my death at some point. (laughs) We all live in a community together whether it's your neighborhood, our state, or our country. And that community depends on well-educated young people becoming the future leaders and professionals we need them to be. So every tax dollar that you give, whether you have kids or not, is an investment in our community. Now, knowing that that investment is going to go to help further educate the most affluent members of our community, and, and folks who don't need a, a, a helping hand, but they're really going to enjoy paying less than they were before, that should still disturb you. As somebody who is going to watch your hard-earned tax money go to pay for some affluent person's child's private education, that makes me angry as a taxpayer. That's not where I want to see my money going to support people who don't need more help. I want to see my tax money going to support kids without opportunities beyond those that we as a public provide them. Those are the kids who need my money. Yeah, I hear you. Can I say one other thing, Allie? Yeah, I Because I feel like I've, I've been ranting. My anger and my, my emotion over this issue comes from this deep-seated love that I have for, for public schools, public aid, education, and our children. And I'm a super mellow, low-key guy. I'm, I'm the king of chill. 
You are and one of the most optimistic people I, I've I ever am, met in my I'm life. I'm so happy <laughs> all the time. And and this is the first thing that has truly broken my heart in a long time. And that's, I mean, that's saying a lot. Like I've weathered a lot of legislative storms in the past, but yeah. this one really hurts. But I don't want anyone who's listening to this to think that teachers are giving up or that we've lost hope. Our love is driving us forward. We're gonna be continuing throughout this session to advocate for the kids who are being pushed around and overlooked. And we are fired up. Teachers I know have been activated in a way that you can only get when you're heartbroken. And they are so excited to rise in defense of this thing that we love. And I invite anybody who loves it too to join us. All right, that's the word. Thanks, John. Thank you. John Arthur characterized the voucher program as chipping away at public education. But in the eyes of Representative Candace Perucci, the bill's sponsor, it strengthens and enhances Utah's education system. Here's how she pitched it to her colleagues after an hour-long debate on the House floor. The purpose of this program is to refocus on student learning and student empowerment. And that will help our teachers. I actually have had teachers reach out to me, it might surprise you, in support of this bill. I held a town hall last week. I expected to get egged. I didn't. There were teachers who came, and one in particular said, I know one or two students who I just can never reach that this would be perfect for. I really do appreciate the discussion we've had here today, and I think that what we're doing will benefit children, teachers, and empower our parents, and this is just the beginning. This is not a silver, silver bullet, but this is the beginning of us reinventing education in Utah. So here's what's on deck right now. Teacher raises will take effect this fall, and the Private Education Scholarship Program will launch in fall 2024. The bill also sets up a legislative committee to audit the program every September, and that will start in 2025. But the Utah Education Association is not planning to let this go quietly into the night. In a prepared statement, they said they will explore every option available to overturn this legislation, it is possible it could go where many, many controversial bills land, for better or for worse, the courts. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. If you like this show, will you leave us a nice review in Apple Podcasts? Your review helps other people decide whether or not to give us a chance. Also, shout out to our Reddit fans. I see you. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.